the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you enjoy from my cigar-smoking friend, Dennis Prager. Colonel Richard Kemp is a retired British Army officer. He is the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, which uh, on the surface means we have nothing in common. Isn't that, I mean, it's, it's painful for me to admit I was not part of the American forces in Afghanistan. I've never been to Afghanistan. I've been to 130 countries, and you fought there. I mean, I really am humbled in your presence because I I know this sounds funny to you, but I have no reason to just say this. I really believe that. And he uh, is a fighter uh, for the causes that I believe in in the world today, America, Israel, Britain. And they're all related, aren't they? That's the amazing thing. The... If 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 you if if you want to see one strong, you want to see all of them strong. Is that fair to say? It is very fair. Before I comment on that, I should point out that um, it's not me who you should be honoured to be present with. It's uh, it's what I was, what I did, which is to lead and fight alongside some extremely brave British soldiers and also some extremely brave American soldiers in a number of different campaigns, and that was a huge honour for me to be able to, to, to associate with those very brave men. But you're right, you're right about the, uh, the association between pretty much those three countries, Britain, Israel, the United States of America, and other similar Western powers which have got the same kind of mor- morality and philosophy. And it's, it's actually quite an interesting time to be discussing this because this week we've seen Australia, another country akin to the UK and the US. We've seen Australia pretty much saying they're going to recognise Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Is that right? It hasn't been formally announced, but that's what they're saying. They're going to do it this week. And actually, this week, 101 years ago, um, Australian and British forces fought to liberate Jerusalem from the Turks. And yesterday, General Allenby, the commander of British forces in Palestine at that time in 1917, entered the holy city of Jerusalem um, and t- effectively took control of it. Many British and Americans and, and Australian soldiers were killed in that fight. And if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't liberated the whole territory of Palestine from the Turks, then almost certainly we would not see the state of Israel in existence today. All of these things uh, are, are of such significance. I want everybody to understand again, this man commanded the British troops in Afghanistan and I'm going to return to that. I want to talk to you about Jeremy Corbyn and a, and a whole host of other issues. But I want to talk to you first about Afghanistan. People, uh, and by the way, I always tell guests on the show, uh, feel 100% free to disagree with me. I, I mean, it. it's, it's a very important thing to me that, you, you know, don't be polite or anything like You're that. You're a big guy, Dennis. I, you know, it's, yes. it's tough to disagree with you. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you. It, it, well, uh, there are those who don't find it tough to disagree with me, I must say. All right. 
So we are told regularly how, you know, it's, what is it, 17 years? How many years is the United States in, in Afghanistan or the or Western? Years, yeah. Is it 17? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's time is, you know, it's well over time. We're there too long. And I maybe one has an argument against our ever going in, but I don't understand why the number should determine how long one stays fighting. Do you agree or disagree? I totally agree. And I think that it's not just the number. It's also the, the, the number of casualties that you sustain. And actually, the United States of Britain and Canada and other countries have sustained significant number of casualties fighting in Afghanistan. But the cause, in my view, is worth fighting for. It was right that we went into Afghanistan in 2001 to get rid of the Taliban and to get rid of al-Qaeda. Um, and obviously that had some success. They were driven out of the country. We retook control of the country, albeit that that situation has changed most in the, uh, in the last 10 years or so, where the Taliban have had a re- major resurgence. Um, but other areas we shouldn't forget about are that you know, the United States had a very successful campaign on the Pakistan border against al-Qaeda using drone strikes and effectively neutralised al-Qaeda in Pakistan. It's not completely finished, but it's been, it's been severely written down. That would not have been possible if it wasn't for our presence in Afghanistan. And let's not forget as well that al-Qaeda in Pakistan wanted to, look, to lead a movement that would overthrow the government of Pakistan, the government of Pakistan being a nuclear Pakistan being a nuclear-armed state. <laughs> oh, you will love this, Colonel. I just got to tell you very quickly, my listeners know this. I once opened up a show saying that the American Civil Liberties Union, with which I'm sure you're familiar, has sued the federal government for using the letter T as a cross in its documents. And I realized then when, when people called in angry at the ACLU, I realized there's no way for me to mock the left. Mm-hmm. I can't outdo them in absurdity. They, they do nothing else except for dream up these things. And you can't, unfortunately, you can't claim to be alone in this because we have exactly the same degree of absurdity in the UK from the left. Today's news event, which I, uh, which I will report tomorrow, University of London has announced... Uh, what is it about comedians coming to the University of London? Safe spaces clause. The safe spaces clause, or they can't come. Yeah, which is fair enough. You know, they might. We don't want to offend the snowflakes, but I think the the other the other absurdity I heard recently connected with universities was um, university professors in one university. I can't remember which one it was now. Were told when you're marking an essay, do not use capital letters. Yes, because it might worry yeah. the students. Don't use red ink. Well, I I totally identify <laughs> with that. When when I when my professors would would use red ink in caps. I, I came home crying. Has it permanently damaged you psychologically? Well, my therapist says, you know, <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm progressing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'm, you're, you're getting there. You've got I'm a long way to go yeah, yet. But, no, 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 that's exactly right. It's exactly right. <laughs> anyway, so, Colonel, let, let, let's go back to Afghanistan for a moment. Is there any reason for optimism? I, I don't think there's a lot of reason for optimism. I think that, I mean, what we're seeing at the moment, I can't quote you statistics, we're seeing massive number of Afghan forces getting killed every single day, far more than the British or Americans ever sustained. It's a real problem, and it's, it's hugely damaging their morale, as you expect. And there's then the corruption in the Afghan government, whereby these people who really are putting their lives on the line are not getting paid, not, in some cases not getting either their full pay or any pay because it's going into the pockets of some of the people in the Afghan government. 
Um, and, and, and equally, that's those two things are obviously a significant factor. But also Iran is now stepping up its support for the Taliban and the Islamic State and other uh, extremists in Afghanistan. So we've already got support from Pakistan, very significant support from Pakistan in Afghanistan to people that are fighting us, despite the fact we're paying them, um, and now also increasingly from Iran. So the two things immediately. One, m my belief, and again, I'd like you to react, uh, and I know you will honestly, I believe that Iran is the greatest force for evil in the world, even though domestically the North Korean regime is the most vile domestically, but as a force in the world. Is that your, your take? Iran is also vile domestically, but in terms of the global threat it presents, it is by far the greatest. Right. And, and you know, we, we just have to look at the, 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 the suffering, the bloodshed, the destruction they've caused in Yemen in the civil war that they've For which Saudi Arabia is singularly blamed. Right. And, of course, Saudi Arabia is defending a, a, a legitimately elected government in Yemen and defending themselves and defending the region. And those people who say we should not be supporting um, Saudi against the, yeah, the, against the Iranian aggression in Yemen uh, are, are either very misguided or they are, are the Chamberlains of our day. Yeah, absolutely, and there's plenty of them. Too many of them around. Too many. And not just in Britain, obviously, in the United States as well. And not enough Churchills. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I talked about in hour one. I, I want to understand. I didn't realize Pakistan is overtly aiding the Taliban. If it wasn't for the support of Pakistan to the Taliban in Afghanistan, then that insurgency would not ever have been as powerful as it is. They, they fund them through the uh, Pakistani intelligence services and the Pakistani army. The Pakistani army directly support them, including providing munitions and weapons, etc. And there have been occasions, for example, where the Pakistani army have airlifted Taliban terrorists from Pakistan into Afghanistan and vice versa. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're so strongly behind this insurgency. And the reason for it is that they want to have as much control over Afghanistan as they can have because they see, they see their greatest threat as being from India and they see Afghanistan as manoeuvre space for them if India attacks them. They're obsessed with this. It's, it may be unrealistic, but they're obsessed with it. And that unrealistic to think that India is a greater threat? Than, than the Taliban? Yeah, absolutely. That is the definition of unrealistic. <laughs> they, they, are, they are absolutely focused on India. They are. They're else. preoccupied. Yeah, yeah. They are as preoccupied with India as the, as the Arab states are with Israel. Yeah, absolutely. And less, but, of course, less so now as, as the Arab states begin to realize That's that, right. that Israel like and Saudi are Arabia. on the side. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, and, you know, beneath the radar, a lot of this is happening, but the, the support and the, the relationship between Israel and Arab countries like Saudi, UAE, uh, Jordan and, and Bahrain and other countries and Oman, we've just seen the president, the prime minister of Israel sort of almost fated in Oman, which is a very much a first. Um, they, they are realizing that the greatest enemy in the Middle East is not Israel, but it's Iran. Richard Kemp is a colonel in the British Army, retired. He was commander of the British forces in Afghanistan. And I appreciated your honesty about the future of Afghanistan. You mentioned corruption. I've, I've said to my listeners frequently, that is the single greatest preventer of any progress in any society. That is the problem in the third world. It's corruption. But that's not the only problem, obviously. Anyway...
I want to ask you very quickly here uh, about how it is that the British people vote for Brexit and it doesn't take place. How does one explain that to a kid? Well, because because basically the 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 British establishment, in other words, the the main political figures actually from both parties, the civil service, and many of the sort of British and international um, organisations that we're associated with uh, are de- determined we don't leave the EU. They 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 held the referendum in the full and confident expectation we would vote to stay in the EU. And, of course, they were then horrified when it went the other way. And Theresa May, the Prime Minister, is herself in favour of remaining in the EU. And, in my opinion, her negotiations together with, which she's been doing very closely with civil servants, all committed to remaining, um, has been all about achieving one of two objectives. One is to stay in the EU, and the other is to maintain as close a links as possible with the EU so that we can rejoin in a couple of years' time when we realise what a great disaster it is. Of course, it's not going to be a disaster. Uh, It's potentially one of the greatest opportunities ever. And the reason I'm in support of it is basically twofold. One is that under the EU, we're not a sovereign nation. Um, And uh, we we, we also don't have democracy because the EU is not a democratic organisation. And I know another country that also fought for the same thing, for not for no taxation without representation, yes, which yes. is what the EU's all about. Richard Kemp's video is at uh, PragerU. And uh, I, I thank you, sir. It's an honor to be with you. I just want to remind our listeners, when Hillary Clinton wins the popular vote, the left says, follow the popular vote. When Brexit wins the popular vote, the left says, don't follow the popular vote. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, where they're preparing leaders for the public square. Application deadline for fall classes is June 15th. It might be the right step for you or a recent college graduate in your life. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.